Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we have the Chiefs Preview Special where I'm going to go through a bunch of burning Chiefs topics and tackle them all in this episode as well as give you an updated prediction of the Chiefs schedule game by game. From there, we'll give out some awards at the end and talk about some over-under bets that you could or could not make, whether they're hypothetical or not. So let's get right into it. It's going to be a very fun Chiefs season and one of the most anticipated Chiefs seasons that I can remember, and I'm sure that a lot of you can remember, uh, a Chiefs season that's that's filled with Super Bowl or bust aspirations. So let's just tackle that first. Is this season a failure if the Chiefs do not reach the Super Bowl? It's hard in football to have that be your goal. Because unlike any other sport, the ball can bounce many different ways. The refs can call things many different ways. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of variables in every sport, but in football more so. I think that it's at least AFC Championship or bust, at least. You have a second-year quarterback with a improved but still shaky defense, but one of the best head coaches of all time. So that combination to me is hard to is hard to predict in terms of what would be a success. I think that you have to at least get to the AFC Championship for me to consider this a successful year. I can understand why a lot of people will say Super Bowl or bust. I totally can. But it goes back to the fact that you should be more talented than every team you play until the AFC title game. Depending on how the league shakes out. You should be able to take care of business. And you should, in the regular season, put yourself in position to host every playoff game that's not the Super Bowl. So with all those factors, you need to at least get back to where you were last year. And you cannot take a step back. Because, as weird as it sounds, the window is not as open as you think it is. Especially in football. With injuries. I mean, we just saw injury luck retire. The window is never as open as you think it is, so they cannot take a step back. It's got to be an AFC title game this season. I wouldn't begrudge you if you said it had to be a Super Bowl for you to be happy. I think an appearance in Miami, win or lose, is the best situation 
for this franchise. Just to get there would be the best situation. Uh, obviously, winning it would be ideal. But getting there should be the goal and is the goal for this season. That should always be the mindset from fans and players this year is to get to Miami to play in the Super Bowl, to watch the Super Bowl with the Chiefs in it. But in terms of success, in terms of contentment, and not what you are striving for, not what would be hitting your peak, because the peak of this team is the Super Bowl, and it's winning the Super Bowl, which is not the case for the majority of teams in the NFL. Their peak is making the playoffs. Their peak is maybe getting three wins. For the Chiefs, if they hit their stride and they play their best and they hit their peak, they're going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy in Miami on February whatever. Probably the second or so. But in order to be content with this season, I struggle to say you have to make the Super Bowl. Just because of how hard that is. Ask the Saints last year. We all know how that game ended. That can easily happen to the Chiefs in a different way. Obviously, thankfully, it can't happen via PI because that rule got changed. But there's always going to be something. What's a catch? What's PI? How'd they miss that call? Stuff like that always happens in the playoffs. Who knows what could have been had the refs called the Des Bryant play years ago the right way in Lambeau Field? Who knows? So taking into account those, those factors, I would be content with an AFC title game. And I think this is the last year that Chiefs fans can say that. Because after this year, as long as they do what they're supposed to do and get there, the expectation becomes to finally win one. But this is going to be their last year with the pass, I think, where fans will be disappointed because everyone was disappointed whenever D. Ford was offsides and the Chiefs lost the AFC title game. Whenever they lost the coin toss and you knew that was your ball game. Everyone was disappointed. But I think a week or two removed from that, everyone looked back and thought, wow, that was a great season. That was a fun season. Look at this bright future we have. I think there's going to be a lot more disappointment this year and a lot more angry fans this year if that happens again. But in two weeks and three weeks removed from that date, they'll say, okay, it was still a good year. And now it's time to make the Super Bowl or bust. I struggle to put that label on this year. I struggle to label it Super Bowl or bust this year. But I do not begrudge you if you do. I think that that's a good expectation to have. I think that that's even a good mindset to be in as a fan of holding them to a Super Bowl standard. Because this team's one of the few teams that you can say have the chance to win the Super Bowl without any, without any outside factors, without a lucky break, without a lucky call, without a magical run, without a storybook ending. This team has the talent and the expectation to win a Super Bowl. But I struggle to say that if they don't get to the Super Bowl, it is a failed season. That it was all for naught. It depends how it depends how it looks to get there. No one would call last year a failed season or um, you know a disappointment because we the Chiefs looked so good in the regular season, looked so good in the postseason, and you knew that the kryptonite of this team was their defense, and their defense proved that point again. I think with another offseason, 
of improvement on that defense, then it's go time. It's time for a Super Bowl run. I don't know if I can put a label on this team factoring in their offense and their defense, even though the defense is improved, as Super Bowl or bust. Especially in the first year of a, of a new defensive coordinator learning his system, learning his style. But they at least have to get to the AFC title game. Do not get lost in that fact. The playoffs aren't good enough anymore. The wild card isn't good enough. Winning the division means nothing now in Kansas City. They've done it so many times. They've dominated this division. It's still fun to win the division. Don't get me wrong. But that does not, that no longer gives you a free pass in Kansas City. You have to get to the AFC title game this year. Anything less than that is a disappointment no matter how it happens is a disappointment, is a failure, is a wasted opportunity. Get to the FC title game and let's see how it goes. Again, if you think that this is a Super Bowl or bust year, I won't argue with you. I'll concede to you, okay, I can see where you're coming from. But for me, it's hard to say, without knowing how it happens, without knowing if it's another D Ford offside situation, without knowing if it's a a late Mahomes drive where he just didn't have enough magic in him that one time. It depends how it happens. But the AFC title game, I'll be happy if they get back there and compete. With that being said, let's go into the predicting the season schedule for the Chiefs week by week. I already put out the game week podcast for this week against the Jaguars week one. I have that game as a win. I don't believe in the Jaguars' offense, led by Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook and Leonard Fournette. I don't believe in that offense. I think that the defense is much improved uh, in terms of it bouncing back. They have a lot of talent on that defense to be as bad as they were last year or as inconsistent as they were last year. I think they're going to bounce back, but I still think that the Chiefs have a better offense to beat their defense. That's a win. Then the Chiefs go to Oakland and play the Raiders. Another win. I think that that's self-explanatory, but if you need an explanation... Andy Reid's better, just better against AFC West teams. He dominates them year in and year out. The Raiders are a terrible football team. Uh, And, again, they just don't have the talent in Oakland. That's another win. The only trepidation I have with these two games is that you're going to fly from Kansas City to Jacksonville to Kansas City to Oakland. That's a tough travel two-game slate. Not that tough of a two-game slate in terms of football. Week three. The Chiefs open up their season in the home opener, I should say. Week three, welcoming in the Ravens. I have that as a win. Uh, One reason being, I don't think that this crowd, that this intensity, this environment is going to let this team lose their home opener. I think that they're going to bring energy and passion and intensity more so than they normally do. I think that that could be the loudest noon start in Arrowhead history. Obviously, we know that they have the loudest stadium whenever they're playing in prime time. They have a pretty loud stadium whenever they're playing at any time of the day. But I think that will be the best crowd ever at a noon Chiefs game. Because again, this is the most anticipation that I think that the Chiefs have ever had. At least in my lifetime. Other than that, I think that the Ravens have a a very good defense, obviously. Earl Thomas and and everyone on that defense is going to be hard to uh, play against. Offensively, I like Mark Andrews. I like Hollywood Brown. I think that they showed last year that they can hang with the Ravens for sure. You're not going to have to deal with the environment of it being cold 
and the weather messing with your offense like you did last year, it's going to be right in the, in the peak of September. I think that this is a win. Again, I think that the Chiefs just have more firepower than the Ravens. I'm not sold on the Ravens' ability to keep up with the Chiefs' offense, even with Hollywood Brown, even with Mark Andrews, even with Lamar Jackson. I'm not quite sold on it. So I think it's a win. Number four, week four, I should say. Chiefs at Lions. Again, it's a win. The Lions are not a good football team. They have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. But other than that, they're not a good football team. They're just not. Playing in a dome, indoor environment, fast field, offense is going to explode. That's a win. Week five against the Colts. Jacoby Brissett, now the quarterback for for, uh, Indianapolis. Still got a good defense. Still got a good offensive line. uh, Still got decent pass catchers. But still, I had this as a win before Luck retired. It's still going to be a win now at home against the Colts. Week six against the Texans, another win. Deshaun Watson and Kenny Stills is going to be a very good connection. It's going to be a very, very good um, duo. Then you throw in Will Fuller. You throw in uh, Carlos Hyde. But uh, again, we saw in, in Kansas City, Carlos Hyde is not the running back he once was. He's not productive. He's not a good back. If you watched him last year in Cleveland, he's not productive. He's not a good back. That's a win. I don't think that that defense is going to be able to stop Kansas City, which is going to be a theme throughout these predictions. Week 7 at Broncos, that's a win. It's a Thursday night. It could get a little bit dicey, but I still think that they're going to win that football game on October 17th on the road on Thursday night. Again, the Broncos just aren't good. That's another team, though, who I think's defense is going to bounce back and have a very good year. Not that they were bad last year. I think that they're going to have a much improved year just because of how much talent they have on that roster on defense. The problem is on offense, they have no talent. So Mahomes in the offense is going to be able to do just enough to win that game, but it'll be a close and fun game the same way it was a year ago in Denver. Uh, Chiefs vs. Packers, one of the best games on the, on the slate, Week 8. What a perfect matchup for NFL 100. It worked out perfectly that these two teams are in line to play each other on the 100th season of the NFL. It's going to be a fun atmosphere at night, prime time against Aaron Rodgers. But despite having one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I struggle to, to pick them over the Chiefs because I just think that the Chiefs would have an overall better roster from top to bottom offense and defense. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs here again. So if you're keeping track at home, that's 8-0. Week 9 against the Vikings, that's a win. Frankly, because I don't believe that Kirk Cousins is a a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to come into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that he'll be able to uh, keep up with the uh, the Chiefs offense if it gets into a, a track meet. And their defense, again, should be improved. They have a lot of talent on that defense. They shouldn't have been as bad as they were last year. But I do think that when it comes down to the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes and um, Kirk Cousins, it'll go in Mahomes' favor. So now you've got Week 10 at Tennessee. It's 10-0. That's a 10-0 start. Right now, Tennessee doesn't even know if they're going to go with Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill. I don't think it matters. I don't think any combination they put on there is going to be good enough to beat the Chiefs. Here's the problem, though. 
the Chiefs are usually good for a game that they shouldn't lose. They're usually good to drop a game that they should not lose. And a game against a quality Vikings team, which, again, I'm picking the Chiefs because I think that Mahomes is miles ahead of Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins hasn't won a big game in his career. Just frankly hasn't. I think that the the trouble here comes in the fact that you're going to have a, a, a good game week nine against the Vikings. You're going to be looking ahead to a primetime game against the Chargers, who you haven't gotten to play this season, who are obviously your top competitors, not only in your division, but in the entire conference. At a neutral site in Mexico, that's going to be a marquee game. And where the Chiefs can get into some trouble is if you look at their history, and they're always due for a game that they lose that they shouldn't lose, this could be it because of the look-ahead factor and the fact that you just played a close game or what I think is going to be a very competitive game in Week 9. But I think that they're going to win this game. I think that that this is a, a kind of a new Chiefs era where you cannot keep comparing them to the past failures of Alex Smith and Brody Croyle and everyone else in Chiefs history that you want to name and bring up. So it's going to be a win in Tennessee that's 10-0. Now Week 11 at the Chargers, which is, again, a neutral side game. I see the Chargers taking this game. I think that both teams will be up for this game. And, and again, another Chiefs game on Monday night, which will be the, the, best, um, the best game of the entire year. Last year it was Chiefs and Rams. This year I think it's going to be Chiefs and, Ch- and Chargers. I think that the Chargers, though, are going to get up more for this game and have more to prove in this game and catch the Chiefs, who are 10-0 at this point and riding high, uh, on a bit of a slip-up. The Chiefs will then head into a bye week on Week 12, come out on Week 13 and beat the Raiders. Again, Raiders aren't good. Sweeping a division rival is, is hard to do, but not that hard to do whenever the Raiders are terrible. And when you factor in the fact that Andy Reid is just amazing coming off of bye weeks. Week 14 at the Patriots. Here's another game that I went back and forth on. If you take the reputation off of each team and you put the two rosters in front of someone, everyone will pick the Chiefs roster. Everyone. Not a single person can remove the identity of both teams, remove the narrative and and reputation of both teams, and pick the Patriots to beat the Chiefs. Not a single person. Here's the issue. It's hard to go to New England. It's hard to beat Tom Brady. And it's hard to beat Bill Bill Belichick. Excuse me. And until I see those things happen, I struggle to pick the Chiefs. But, as I just told you, it's time... For fans, I think that the team that the team itself has already done this, but it's time for fans to move on, including myself, turn the page and realize that we are in the dawn of a new Chiefs era, and we cannot keep comparing this team to their past. The Chiefs hung in there last year in New England. In Mahomes' first huge game, his first matchup against Tom Brady. They hung in there. You can argue that they should have beat them in the championship game. 
of course, the D. Ford saga happened, and the rest is history. I'm picking the Chiefs to beat the Patriots because, again, if you just take it from a standpoint of where the talent is, the talent is on the side of Kansas City. Week 15 versus the Broncos. Broncos coming into to Arrowhead. That's a win. Again, Broncos aren't a good team. Simple as that. Week 16, they're going to travel to Soldier Field and take on the Bears. That's a loss. I think Matt Nagy's going to have something special for Andy Reid. I think that it's going to be a tough environment to play in for the style of play the Chiefs like to do. It's going to be probably freezing cold, probably snowing, uh, probably some inclement weather of some sort that, that hinders the Chiefs from doing what they want to do. So I'm going to give this game to the Bears. A night game in Chicago is difficult. That's a tough place to play, especially since the Bears have turned the corner and gotten a talented team again. And again, going back to the weather, a night game proves that it will be likely colder than it was, than than it normally would be in the afternoon. So, I mean, just all those factors happen, and the Bears being a quality team with a quality pass rush and a good secondary is a, is a mixture to slow that, that offense down. The weather, the field condition, the atmosphere, the pass rush, the secondary. And then having a coach in Matt Nagy who knows Andy Reid like the back of his hand. Who thinks like Andy Reid. Who got taught at the knee of Andy Reid. I think that's a loss. And then week 17 against the Chargers. I'm giving the Chiefs a win here, not only because they lost the first matchup, but because it's it's much harder to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And especially when you factor in last year again, that motivation factor for the team of losing in Arrowhead last year, I was at that game, it was brutal. Losing in Arrowhead last year is going to help them win this game, and because I don't think that this is going to be a rest game. This isn't going to be one of those weeks where you can take time off, because I think that the Chargers are going to be right there with you. We'll see to what extent, but I don't think he can take this game lightly, and even so, Andy Reid rarely does rest all of his starters, rarely, uh, throughout his entire you know history of coaching. So where does this season end? I'm not going to give you the entire playoff path, because tomorrow we'll have another podcast, yes that's right, three in one work week, we'll have another podcast of doing an NFL season preview. I'm not going to give you the path. I'm going to give you how it ends. The season for the Chiefs ends in a Super Bowl loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how it ends. How do they get there? We'll talk about that tomorrow on the NFL season preview. So let's talk more about questions with the Chiefs. About things that we want to know and we'll look for this season. First of all, what is considered a successful season for Patrick Mahomes? I think that we all expect, or we all presume, or we all anticipate Mahomes taking a drop back from his 66% completion percentage, his over 5,000 yards, his 50 touchdowns, and his only 12 interceptions. I think that everyone reasonably thinks that. My question is why? Why? 
Again, I talked about it last week, uh, last episode, excuse me, yesterday, on the preview of, of watching the offense in that game and seeing how the offense looks. Why does this offense have to regress? Is it because history says so? I don't understand how you can look at this offense and look at who the quarterback is and say it's going to regress and be definitive about it. Patrick Mahomes isn't some gimmick. He isn't RG3. He isn't Lamar Jackson. He isn't Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes is a bona fide elite quarterback who is already knocking on the door of Canton, Ohio. Who's already knocking down the door of being one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. This isn't a read option gimmick. This isn't an offense that's revolutionary and no one can figure it out. As much as we praise Andy Reid, when you get down to it, there were few things besides the foot pass that you can cut out on your own just because it's a gimmick. He made the throws. He made the reads. He played smart. And he improved his footwork. So I'm not so comfortable saying that he's going to regress. That this offense is going to regress. I'd argue that someone in their prime who's made improvements to their game and showed last year how talented they are is going to progress. Here's the question. What does that mean? Because I struggle to say that he's going to progress from 50 touchdowns because it's hard to do that. But if you look at at how it was executed, again, how this happened, it wasn't a bunch of gimmicks. It wasn't a bunch of screen passes. He was making big-time throws. On the run, under pressure, in the pocket, at every phase of the game, at every place in the backfield, he was making big-time throws. And sure, there were foot passes that, that, that count as a touchdown, even though you, you flipped it a yard. And sure, there were screen plays. But all in all, he proved he's a good quarterback. So what's a successful season? I think it's going to be based on your eye test and not the numbers. Because these numbers could regress. The team, let, let's say it, it doesn't even regress because of his talent. Let's say it regresses because instead of playing a 42-40 to 40 game, you're playing a 42-17 to 17 game, and so Mahomes gets to rest. Mahomes doesn't have to launch the ball all over the field from kickoff to the time the clock hits triple zeros. I think that the numbers are probably going to regress, but I'm not, I, I'm not as comfortable as other people saying that they're definitively going to. A successful season for Mahomes is going to be what you see on the field. It's not going to be his, the back of his football card. It's not going to be his pro football reference page. It's going to be what you watch on Sundays. What you see him do. The throws you see him make. The decisions you see him make. Is he too loose? He completed a couple no-look passes last year. Is he trying to force that too much and it's causing more interceptions? Is he too confident? Is he too reserved? 
it's going to be the eye test this year and not the numbers. Which is going to, it's going to honestly result in some lazy takes. Someone who doesn't watch the Chiefs are going to look at his numbers and say, last year was a fluke or last year was a gimmick. That's going to happen eventually. It won't be happening from smart football minds, but it'll be happening from content machines who just have to have a take on everything and have to get stuff out there. But the way to judge Patrick Mahomes this year is not his stats. It's the eye test. Watch the Chiefs play 16 times. Watch the Chiefs play into the playoffs. How did he perform and compare that to last year? So, the biggest storyline, which leads me perfectly into that, I think that the biggest storyline following this year is going to be people realizing that the offense did in fact duplicate their production from a year ago. I, again, I do not know why people are, pro- are projecting a fall-off or a regression or a step back. Other than the fact we've never seen it before. We've also never seen an offense where every single player besides Shady McCoy is in the prime of their career. Damian Wilson, Darwin Thompson, Miko Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes. They're in the prime of their career. I don't see the big issue with predicting this offense to be just as good as they were last year. Because the same people saying that are also picking the Chiefs to go 14-2 and or 12-4. Or and well the, well, the defense didn't get any better. They didn't get much better. They, they did get better. They didn't get much better. So if the defense only got slightly better and the offense is going to supposedly regress a ton, then where are these wins coming from? So I think that the storyline is going to be that, that no one can believe for some reason that this offense duplicated what they did last year. And with that same token, does Mahomes win back-to-back MVPs is another question thrown out. Yes, I think that he will, because I think, again, for some reason, people are not anticipating this production keeping up. And so I think that he'll, again, shock the world and win back-to-back MVPs. Now, that's a little bit harder to definitively say, because so much goes into that. But I think that he'll win back-to-back MVPs. Another question. Which rookie will have the best year? I think that this is a two-man race. I think it's a race between Michael Hardman and Juan Thornhill. I'm going to say Michael Hardman from a, a tangible standpoint. It's a lot easier to see what Michael Hardman does on the field. Does he catch the pass? Does he not? Does he score a touchdown? Does he not? Does he get five yards or lose five yards? And on top of that, I think that Andy Reid will get him more involved than what a safety can do. A safety is only as good as the opportunity he's given. You got to be on the field, and the ball has to go your way. For a wide receiver, the head coach can make the ball go your way, and I think that he'll utilize Miko Hardman in that way. On top of, I think that after uh, a couple weeks, he'll be on the special teams return team. He'll be getting return opportunities. He'll be making an impact in that way. So I think it's going to be Miko Hardman, but again, if you said Juan Thornhill to me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles, it's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S, I'm fine with that. I think that you have a good chance to be right over me with Michael Hardman. I think you have a good chance to be right. 
because I think that he'll be in, in more of a prominent role. Because I think that by week three or four or five, he'll be the starter. He'll be playing the majority of the snaps. Michael Hardman's not going to make that leap this year in terms of playing the majority of the snaps unless Sammy Watkins gets hurt. And let's face it, folks, there's a good chance he, he misses a game or two, Sammy Watkins. Or three or four. So I think that Michael Hardman's going to have a big year. And I think that he's going to be a fan favorite instantly. Who takes the biggest leap this year? I think it's Tano Passigno. Spags loves this guy. He's a prototypical Spags defender. He's long, he's tall, he's big, he's wide, he's a pass rusher. I think that Spags will get this guy in line and he'll he'll draw up some stunts and some blitzes and some, and some packages to make him get to the quarterback and fans will just be in awe of him. He's already have a good he's already had a good training camp and a good preseason. I think that he's going to take a huge step up this year. Do the Chiefs make a move for Patrick Mahomes? Well, they already have Patrick Mahomes. Do the Chiefs make a move for Patrick Peterson? I saw Patrick and just thought of Mahomes because why not? Patrick Peterson makes $11 million this year, and he's a free agent in 2021. He's suspended for the first six games this year. It's interesting. It's something that, that fans want to have happen. I think it could happen in an all-in year. I think that the the Cardinals might be willing to move on from him if he makes a big enough um, stink about things. But again, you're going to be trading for him for minus six games this year. That's going to be ten regular season games. And a a huge playoff run, for sure. And then an extra year on the back end. So, that'll probably cost you. Because of how much time you get with him. You don't get half a year, for sure. You don't get even a, a single year, for sure. You get the rest of the season after the six games and next year. I think that'll cost you a pretty penny, and I'm not sure if the Chiefs will want to move in that direction this this regular season. I think in the offseason, whenever it's only going to be a year rental for, for the sake of the trade, you know they could always extend him for sure. I think that that's a little bit more reasonable, but it's hard to pull these things together in season. Now, if you remember last year, they supposedly had a trade, a done deal for Earl Thomas before he got hurt. We're planning to finalize that on Monday after the Sunday game that, that Earl Thomas got hurt in. Pretty convenient timing for that report to leak out, given that he got hurt and no one actually had to pull the trigger. If that was the case, why did they even have Earl Thomas in the game? Uh, but it, it it can be done for sure. And the fact that Rashawn Fenton is your backup at every single corner spot to where if, if someone needs so much as a breather, it's going to be Rashawn Fenton in the game. Something has to change in that cornerback group. I don't know if what's going to change is going to be so drastic as, as an all-pro corner. But it could happen. It's something to monitor. And if you made me give an answer right now, I'd say no. But again, this is another question where if you're going to present an argument for yes, I can oblige to that. I, I, can, I can acknowledge you as having a thought-out logical answer. Let's have a couple more awards to give out here and then do over-unders. The Orlando Scandrick Arch Nemesis Award. 
a player who is going to annoy fans so much and they cannot wait to get him off the team because they have this stigma against him and just see all the negative things he does and rarely notice a positive thing he does. Your feelings towards Orlando Skandrick last year will be shifted this year to Brashad Breland. If you watch Breland week in and week out in Washington, he was the most aggravating, annoying player to watch. Inconsistent player to watch. He talks a huge game. He talks a huge, 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 huge game. But he's wildly inconsistent. He'll get picked on because this everyone knows the defense is the weakest link and everyone knows the weakest link is that cornerback room. I think that fans will turn on Brashad Breland very quickly this year. Especially as we await Morris Claiborne returning. Because until Morris Claiborne returns, there's always going to be a contingent of fans who say, don't panic, don't panic, the defense looks bad, but don't panic, we've got Morris Claiborne coming. So that buys you, what, five weeks, four weeks, you know, four weeks or so. But I think that fans are going to turn on Rashad Breland very quickly. The Newcomer of the Year award is going to go to Frank Clark. If you listen to yesterday's show, I'm very high on Frank Clark and what he can provide this year. And I think that he will, you know, just, just not only replace the production of D Ford, but top it. From the sack category to the to having much better run defense than D Ford. I'm interested to see that dynamic uh, follow suit and to watch Frank Clark. And I think that by the end of the year, Chiefs fans will be, will be singing his praises. The Patrick Mahomes Record Breaker Award is going to go to Tyreek Hill, I think, this year. I think Tyreek Hill is in line for a huge, huge year. I think he's going to break some record. I don't know which record, but I think it's going to be not a Chiefs record, an NFL record. I think that that's how much, how, how big of a year he's in for. So I'm predicting that Hill will top a NFL record this year of some kind. Let's finish this preview special up with some over-unders. The first one is Mahomes no-look passes. I've set this at three and a half this year. I'm going over that number. I think that he'll have at least like four no-look passes this year, as crazy as that is. You can let me know again your answers to all these questions, including the over-unders, at Rylan underscore Styles on Twitter. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. This is set at 37.5, I believe, from Bovada. Uh, I'm not quite sure on this number who set it, but I saw that it was set at 37.5. I'm going over. He's going to hit at least 40, uh, uh, hit, hit at least 40 touchdowns uh, this season. Wins for the Chiefs. Again, I think this is by Bovada. 10.5, as you can tell by my season prediction, way over that. I don't think that there's a, a way that the Chiefs go 10 and 6 or worse. I think 11 and 5 is even a bad year for this for the Chiefs given this schedule. There's not many coin flip games on the schedule. They're better than the Jags, they're better than the Raiders, they're better than the Ravens, they're better than the Lions. 
You can you can kind of flip a coin depending on how Brissett does with the Colts. You can kind of flip a coin with Watson and the Texans. Better than the Broncos, better team than the Packers, better team than the Vikings, better team than the Titans. Flip a coin again on the on the Chargers games. Flip a coin again on the Bears games. Flip, flip a coin again on the on the uh, Patriots game. Those are your toughest competition. I think that there's no way that they go ten and six. And then lastly, I took last year's point total, which the total points scored with the Chiefs last year was 565. Put a half on it, so 565 and a half. Over under that number for this year, I'm going over. I'm going over that number. I think that, again, I'm very high on this offense. I'm not comfortable at all saying that they're going to regress. I think that they're going to go over that mark. So again, answer all those questions if you want to on Twitter. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Tell me your Chiefs season preview, what what you think the record's going to be. Get that into me before the game kicks off on week one on Sunday. At Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. L-E-S. And again, on Twitter, if you listened to last week's to yesterday's show, if you didn't or did, either way, the offer is still open. I've already had a few people do it. Mention me on Twitter or DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. If you want to join the Arrowhead Addict group, uh, podcast group of Pick'em on ESPN. Pick'em is just, again, it's just picking the games each week. Every game in the NFL, you pick the winner who you think is going to win. It goes into our group. Again, the best, the person with the best score wins at the end. See if you can beat me, Grant. And I'm sure there's going to be a few other people from Arrowhead in there as well. So that'll be fun. If you want in on that, again, on Twitter, at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. The spelling, again, is in the description. Go on there. Either send me a mention on Twitter or a DM. DMs are open of your ESPN email and saying that you want in on the Pick'em. That'll be fun. I gave all my picks for this week last uh, episode, which was yesterday, uh, during the Jags preview. I gave a pick for every single game this week and then my locks of the week, so you can go and find that. Tomorrow will be the NFL special, which will have more questions like this, only regarding the entire NFL, and also who I have making the playoffs, what what I think every team's record is going to be, and how the playoff shakes out. So again, I said today that the Chiefs are going to lose in the Super Bowl to the Eagles but you can find out tomorrow the path it's going to take to get there. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Aerohedic Podcast as a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. I'm Ryland Stiles. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you guys tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.